Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that chasing health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming a best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. Have a really exciting episode for you guys today. I'm back with Chris, and we are joined by Alex Allen. What's up, Alex? Hello. Not a whole lot. I'm excited <laughs> to be here. <laughs> <laughs> excited to finally have you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> to be fair, my life the past like what two months has been just absolute anarchy. So <laughs> okay, all right. I, I guess I guess we'll give you that excuse. Although I did tell Chris, I feel like I can get the president on faster to the podcast, and I'll just okay. shoot you. <laughs> I mean, I am a very busy woman, so I know. Yeah. I'm, I'm just picking. No, this this is great. I'm really excited to have you on. It's gonna be a, a great episode here. But for those who aren't familiar with who you are, do you mind just kind of get a, to let us know like a little more about you, how you got into the fitness space, and like what you currently do? Yeah, so I'm an online health and fitness coach. I feel like big surprise on this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> and um, I put an emphasis on helping women break free from yo-yo diets and also. I know we kind of lightly talk about this pre getting on the podcast, but I also help a lot of women regulate their hormones and have a deeper understanding of menstrual health um, because that plays a vital role in just your overall well being. And I have like my own personal issues with that. And currently I do online coaching. I have my own team, Lifts with Alex, and I also do social media strategy for a lot of businesses. That's very cool. I didn't know you did the social media strategy stuff. That's really yes. cool. It's awesome. <laughs> Cool. How long have you been into coaching? Oh, gosh. So I technically started coaching online in January of 2021. And I've been a personal trainer or like group fitness instructor as well for almost 10 years. Nice. Nice. Very yeah. cool. Awesome. Well, let's kind of dive into a little bit about, you know, obviously like, you know, like I was mentioning, like you said before, pre and record here, we were talking about like, you know, hormone health and mm -hmm. menstrual cycles and things like that. I think and we I've talked briefly about that and maybe touched on that in different parts of different episodes in the past, but I've really haven't really dug down that, you know, rabbit hole for a little bit. So I'd love to kind of like take that direction there first. Um, I guess like let's just start with like what is normal? Like let's like kind of get a baseline. Cause I feel like and I know that sounds like kind of like a loaded question there as well, but also mm -hmm. like I feel like a lot of women have their own variation of like what's normal. Whereas like maybe like their normal really isn't what should be happening. So I think, you know, if, if you can kind of just have a little more context of like where, like set a baseline of where we're starting here. Well, what's interesting is, and I'm assuming you're meaning normal in the spectrum of like menstrual cycle health. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. Thanks so for So the funny thing is you actually said something really great, which is everyone's normal is a little bit different. Because mm -hmm. that is the case. And I think that that's something that almost doesn't get spoken about enough because I'll share a lot on my page about like different phases of your cycle and how you can feel different because we have we have technically four different phases in your cycle. We have follicular phase, menstrual phase, well, I'm not even going in order, follicular phase, ovulation, luteal, and then menstrual. And so we have this like fluctuation of your hormones throughout your cycle length. And that's going to vary from person to person like the amount of time, there's averages for each cycle length, but then the actual length is going to vary from person to person. And similarly, your hormonal fluctuation is going to vary from person to person. 
Um, a lot of it's going to depend on just your overall health and well-being. Some of it's just going to be like, what's your baseline? Like for many people, an average menstrual cycle can be anywhere from like 21 to 24 days, like even 28 days. Whereas like my menstrual cycle is 34 days. And it's been like that for years. But to many people, they would be like, oh, that's really long. But I have no issues. I've gotten lab work done. I've like tested during different phases of my cycle. And there's nothing to indicate that there's anything wrong. I did used to have like PCOS after getting off of hormonal birth control, which has like led me down this spiral of like being interested in all of this. But I feel like that at least answers. I don't want to get, I always go on like tangents and I'm like, Alex, check yourself. <laughs> all right. Um, <laughs> we love the tangents here on the show. We love them. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, and actually, you, one thing you just mentioned there, and I actually want to go down this rabbit hole first here is you said the um, hormonal birth control. And I feel like that's something that there are a lot of women out there that, you know, are either on it or have been on it, have good experiences, mm -hmm. bad experiences. And like, how can that, like, what are positives? What are negatives? And like, what should they be like looking out for as far as like, you know, is this a good option or should they be looking for other alternatives as well? That's a great question. And I think one of the most important things to ask yourself is like, why do you want to get on hormonal birth control? I'm a huge person. I, have, I feel like I should have said this first even is I don't tell people not to get on birth control because that's mm -hmm. not my place. And like me and my team, we never, ever tell anyone that we think we're more, like no more than doctors or anything like that. And we always think it's really important for you to be well educated and well equipped to ask more thoughtful questions. So then that way you can have a good conversation with your doctor. And then so I guess actually the first thing you should do is find a good doctor that can be really, really hard because a lot of doctors want to basically like blanket subscribe birth control for anything. Mm -hmm. So like if you have bad cramps, if you have like a very heavy cycle, if you have acne, like hormonal acne, that's a lot of the reasons why doctors will put you on hormonal birth control or suggest it. So it's ultimately our choice, but yes. obviously again, consumers, we may not be as well educated. And so our choices aren't that great um, or aren't as well informed, I think is a more politically correct way of saying that. But um, so finding a great doctor, being well educated or getting curious and not being afraid to ask questions or get a second opinion. So like if you have any of those symptoms, Rather than thinking, oh, okay, well, let me just get on birth control so then that way I don't deal with it anymore, get curious as to why those things are going on because there's a reason for it. Like hormonal acne happens for a reason. Bloating happens for a reason. We have bad period cramps for a reason. And so instead of just like doing a blanket cover for it and then just not knowing for years what's going on, I would rather have somebody get curious and then maybe still use birth control as a way to mitigate those symptoms. Or again, if they're using it for like the reason it was made, which is protection, then that's fine too. Again, like it's never my place to tell anyone not to do it. One thing that I shared pretty openly is I was on, well, here's like the kicker. I was accidentally put on hormonal birth control. So I went in to get an IUD. I had asked for the copper IUD, which is not going to do any sort of hormones. And Years later, this was about five years after, I started experiencing hair loss and like acne and things like that. And the copper IUD is supposed to last about like seven to 10 years. And so I was like, I don't know what's happening, but I feel like I need to go in, go into my doctor. I had a new gynecologist at this point, And she was like, well, let me just check something. She looks, turns out that it was a Mirena IUD, which is basically a hormonal oh. IUD. And I was like, what? <laughs> excuse me and i used to get sick a lot like prior to getting on birth control but that wasn't like the reason i was getting on it i just happened to 
And it turned out that I happened to have PCOS and like some other underlying health things that I just didn't know about because I'd been on birth control pretty stereotypically since I was like 13, which is like most women, unfortunately. (laughs) And so I get off of the hormonal birth control and um, basically, sorry, I went on a tangent and I was like, I had a reason I was bringing that up. I'm still going to finish my story. But what was the initial question? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like basically just like understanding like you know like wh- why hormonal birth con- birth control like you know the benefits and the negative sides yeah. or things you should be looking out for reasons to get okay. off of it go on it things like that okay great I was <laughs> and like, any other tangent you'd like direction. to go on <laughs> <laughs> so, chase just asked you what kind of music you like and you just went on this tangent <laughs> so talking about periods that's a very like me thing to do so i wouldn't even be surprised i somehow relate everything back to like health and fitness and like what people can do better in their lives and i'm like oh sorry <laughs> anyways um but i get put on birth control the wrong birth control and Oh, that was it. I was like, where was I going with that? So I get put on the wrong birth control. I come off of it. I end up getting hyperthyroidism and I also get pill-induced PCOS. And it's important to note that like when you come off of something that has synthetic hormones in it, your body is going to respond in multiple different ways. And so I had a great experience on birth control. When I was on Mirena, my hair was really full. I had like beautiful skin that never broke out ever. I didn't get my period because it's typical on Marina to not get it. And I just never questioned it, which on copper IUD, you're supposed to get your period. I didn't even know that at that time. And so now you guys know that if you're not getting your period, you might be on the wrong birth control. Anyways, um, (laughs) I lost weight really easily. I was always really, really lean. So I had a lot of really great things while I was on birth control. Coming off of it, got the pill-induced PCOS, hyperthyroidism, which is actually typically a little bit more uncommon. A lot of people tend to go hypo. um, And so they'll put on like a lot of weight plus the PCOS, which will put on even more weight. Um, So then the post was where I had a lot of issues. And it's taken me about a year, a year and a half to get back to like a baseline normal. And then now it's been like about another year since then, since coming off of it. Um, So it's been two years total where I've actually like had one year of being normal, two years being off it. Tangent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, okay. Like, so let's, you know, obviously like we said in the very beginning, like everyone's normal is a little bit different, different, obvi- mm-hmm. of course, but what, what like, and I'm assuming it's like other side of the extremes, right. On either side, mm-hmm. what are the abnormal? Like, what are some things that like, mo- let's just kind of take it from, and I'm sure that can go in a million different directions, but more so like, what are some of the most common things that you see with your clients that things that need to be addressed and how are you addressing those as a coach? Yeah. So it's, I guess it could technically go in a million different ways. More of the common ones are like a lot of women don't even track their cycle. Mm-hmm. So a really common one, once you get them to start tracking it, like recommendations are like the flow app, even the Apple health app is actually really, really great or like natural cycles, which is actually supposed to be like fertility awareness. So it helps you not get pregnant. Um, but some people don't even track their cycle. So that's like step number one with people in general is you should just track it because the reason I say that is many people don't realize that their cycle just doesn't come very frequently or they aren't aware of continual symptoms that happen at the same time each like round of your cycle. So people will be like, oh, I feel like crap every time like I'm on my period. Ironically enough, it's actually usually the week before where you experience a lot of those symptoms typically. Um, So that's where a lot of people will get like the acne, they'll get like moody. 
So I see people who get really, really bad PMS symptoms. That's like a very common one, which is like really bad cramps that can actually get like keep people from going to work, keep people from like showing up in their day-to-day life. Um, some people get like really bad hormonal acne. We help a lot of women with PCOS. Um, I think again, just kind of happened that way where like I was really obsessed with it. And so like now my coaches are well educated on it and stuff. Um, <laughs> funny how life happens. And so we have, um, a lot of people who will experience like hair loss, they'll experience like uh, hair growth on their face. And so those are the things that we'll kind of like be aware of as like potential symptoms. So we help them get proper testing. Um, so we actually do have a partnership with life extension so we can either get them things through life extension or we recommend them to get specific lab tests from their doctor if their health insurance does cover it. And we do like educate them on what tests to get and why, and also when to get it in their cycle, which is just like another kind of wild thing to me where when I would get tests done, my like doctors would just be like, okay, here you go. Just go get your test. I didn't even realize that you're supposed to get tests done at specific times in your cycle. So you can actually know what your estrogen levels are, what your testosterone levels are like. Do you, are you actually ovulating? That's another big one because a lot of women find that they actually don't ovulate. And so what happens is a lot of people like won't even realize that they couldn't get pregnant even if they wanted to. And I think that's also something that can be really like heart wrenching for many people because obviously many people out there want to have children. And so being able Mm -hmm. to help them do that is really important. So we basically take a more like holistic and educational approach. So we educate our clients on what questions to ask their doctor. Again, I always emphasize the fact that like we work with your doctors. We've also had some like tough love conversations where we're like, hey, like get a second opinion. (laughs) Like it won't hurt you. And so that's like another thing is we just try to be almost like a rock for a lot of our clients to be advocates for their health because Mm -hmm. a lot of people can be really nervous about asking questions or feel dismissed by their doctors. Like we get a lot of people. I apologize too if you end up hearing my dogs. Making <laughs> 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 sound, and I was like, it sounds like I have like a bear in the house, and I was like, sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> but we basically educate them and make sure that they're well equipped to ask questions and get the help that they need or like support that they need in that front. And then we also give suggestions on like potentially things that they can do, like lifestyle factors that can also help support it. So obviously, like you guys probably know this already, but it's just general lifestyle things like, you know, moving your body, like eating well, regulating your blood sugar by just even like having balanced meals throughout the day, mm-hmm. actually freaking eating throughout the day. Um, the irony is too, a lot of these women who have these like terrible PMS symptoms tend to be those like big overachievers. I'm a very type A person. I tend to attract very type A people. And so I'm like big surprise here, <laughs> but they will be the people who run on coffee. They're just doing like orange theory classes. I was an orange theory instructor. I'm not hating on it. It's just not necessarily the best thing for everyone. <laughs> Chris is like, stop. <laughs> it has a time and a place. Like it does have its benefits of like the community, stuff like that. But I do agree that many of the people who do it happen to also be the people who probably shouldn't. Because Mm -hmm. it's like just it's such an intense workout where you'd be getting a way better benefit if you went to the gym three to four times a week, went on some walks and like actually drank water, stopped treating coffee like a meal and like actually eat like breakfast, lunch and dinner at least. Um, And also just one of my favorite like this is such a random it's not random. It's relevant to this. One of my favorite tips is literally just telling people to like take breathing breaks throughout the day. And it's so funny how many people will start to implement like 
two to three times a day, three to five intentional breaths. And then suddenly they're like, my stress levels are so down. And I was like, yeah, because you're actually spending some time not feeling like you have to run around everywhere. Mm -hmm. So I hope that answered your question. Yeah, it does. (laughs) Anything you want to chime in with, Chris? Yeah. um, So a lot of times I have clients that, you know, are coming up on their period and they're starting to experience like so hungry. I'm getting messages like, I know my period's coming. I'm starting to have like crazy cravings. Like, what are some things you're doing with your clients that can help me understand how that works? Because obviously (laughs) I don't um, to navigate those and have them overcome those. So this is where it's kind of hit or miss because, and like, I, I need to do more research on this too, because like, I've kind of heard back and forth things, but it's like, there are some suggestions that people do experience higher cravings the week before their cycle, obviously because of hormonal fluctuations, but also there's some people who like argue that you also need more calories that week before anyways, kind of like preparing your body. Again, like most of the stuff that I've actually seen, it says like maybe a hundred to 200 calories more. So it's nothing like too, too crazy, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't hurt to just be like, Hey, like let's up. It depends on the, obviously the person, are they tracking macros, stuff like that. But assuming they're tracking macros, then it's like, Hey, maybe like let's up the carbs and the fats a little bit and like, make sure that you're just like eating your real meal and then having that piece of chocolate after the thing about like cravings that I always find really interesting regardless of where you're at in your cycle, which is going to be a kicker for a lot of people because they're going to be like, but no, you don't understand. I'm like, I do. I do get cravings. (laughs) I understand. Cravings are usually an indication that we need something. And Mm -hmm. many people don't take the time to actually get curious on like, am I actually hitting these baseline things? So even before your menstrual cycle, it could be beneficial to be like, hey, when I'm eating, am I actually eating a balanced meal? Like, or am I just grabbing some chips and then calling it a day? Fine with chips, but like, how about we have like some yogurt or like you can make like a yogurt dip or something with it. That way you can like scoop it up with it or you can have that first or even just like have your meal and then have your dessert after. I know all the parents are out there like, yeah, we've been telling our kids that for years. (laughs) But um, even just making sure that they're doing the things to actually be well nourished is usually like step one. Um, Step two is also just like, kind of the mindset work around it too, where it's like, you want to be an advocate for them allowing for balance in their life, while also kind of like acknowledging the fact that, Hey, when you do have that balance, you don't have to be an asshole and like eat everything. Bingo. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm also big on walks. Um, yeah. This is kind of relevant to the, the cravings, but it's also relevant to like the PMS symptoms stuff because a lot of women automatically assume that they have these like crippling cramps. And so now they can't do anything and actually working out or like moving your body, even like through gentle movement can actually really help your cramps. It's the last thing you fucking want to do. I get it. It's, I get terrible, terrible cramps. I'm always, I'm the girl who like the day before I'm supposed to start my cycle, I take a Tylenol. I just know because then I'm like preemptive. I'm proactive about it. I'm just not going to deal with it. But You need to sometimes give yourself a kick in the ass and just get up and go for a walk. People are really surprised by how much that actually does help a lot of the symptoms as well. Weird concept, walking in sunlight, good for you. (laughs) Does that help the... 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I okay. appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. The reason the reason I said bingo is just because like that's one of the biggest things I've found with a couple of my clients when they when they know those cra- cravings are gonna come up at that part of their cycle. It's like, all right, let's go ahead and prepare for that, right? Like if you know you're gonna have those cravings, like go ahead and get some chocolate, let's have something ready to go, like work it into your day, pre-plan it. And you know, again, if we need to go up calories a little bit, we can definitely do that. But a lot of times just being ready for it and planning ahead for it can help most of the time rather than just be like, I'm going to fight. I'm going to fight against them this time. I'm not going to let them win this time. And what happens? It always, they always win. Right. So it's like, just go ahead and plan for it and allow it to happen. Right. Yeah. My favorites, like I hear it on, um, like a lot of, I've actually heard a lot of podcasts where people are like, Oh, well just don't keep it in the house. And then that way you have to like drive to the store. And I'm like, you don't understand. I have such bad cravings. I will drive to the store just for some cookies. Like, it's not even a question. It is worth the, like, 30 minutes or whatever it's going to take me to do that. <laughs> or nowadays, DoorDash will help you out with that, too. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm a hoe for Instacart. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. You know, one other thing, you know, along the same lines of, like, you know, leading up to someone's period and, you know, Chris had mentioned cravings. Another thing I think it would be great that I hear a lot with my clients and we just kind of already know when it's happening and I can usually tell before they even tell me is the weight spikes up, right? Like that's uh-huh. when they see the weight spike up and they're just like, you know, oh, freaking out. Like, you know, weight's gone up. I don't know what to do. I'm doing, I'm eating a calorie deficit. Why am I gaining weight? And then once they have a better understanding of like why that's happening, it makes a little more sense. You might talk about that a little bit and why that happens. Yeah, it's partially just hormonal fluctuations and also your body getting ready to like shed the internal lining. Um, mm-hmm. I try and say things in a not gross way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know some people can get sensitive about it. Um, but then also it's just like, again, like that's where people might experience like the bloating and stuff. And so like, it's just common to have as like a, just a general symptom. Um, people also may notice that there's more inflamed like the week before their period. Um, and so I, I agree that just being at least like awareness is the first step for pretty much everything Mm -hmm. in this fitness journey. If you don't know how much you're eating, you don't know if you're like in a calorie deficit or if you're overeating, if you don't know how much you're walking in a day or roughly, maybe you're getting like a thousand steps a day and like, you're like, I'm just moving so much. And I just think it's fine. Um, but it's like same thing with your period. If you're not even tracking it, you don't know what's going to come or you don't know if like your weight's potentially going to spike this week, you're going to mentally feel really drained by that. And I think, so obviously like I'm not diminishing any PMS symptoms because they're real and they do happen. Mm -hmm. But I think if more people were just educated on their cycle as a whole, like these are the sim, like these are the different stages. And then this is like PMS symptoms that can happen. Or like, these are the ones that I find every month. You're going to freak out a lot less. And that's usually people's biggest downfall is they just don't know. And so it's like, that's where it's funny for you. You're like, Oh, I just, I know. I'm like, I can tell their weight spiked up, but everything else is in check. So Mm -hmm. they're probably about to start their period. Do you guys ask that on your um, check-in form? Like when's your menstrual cycle? I don't. And I've, I've thought about, I've seen other coaches do that. Like I've seen, you know, some coaches will put like screenshots of like some like client responses and feedback. And I've seen that on some check-in forms that I've, I've thought about adding it, but also just, you know, just being completely honest. And this is why, again, like I love like having this conversation, like I'm learning more as we're going as well. So Mm -hmm. it's like, I also don't want to ask something and then not know how to respond to it as well. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, like, I guess like, do you mind like just even like just touch on that a little bit? Like why, or like, what could we do as coaches to even like help with that and help that with the client as well? So even just having it on your check-in form, even if you're not somebody who's maybe like a huge advocate for helping people with like menstrual cycle issues or anything like that, that alone is making them be aware of it. 
because it's the same thing. We like, we ask them for their weight. We ask them for like, maybe how they're feeling, how's their sleep, hunger, digestion, all this stuff. Your menstrual cycle's coming, whether you want it or not. Well, actually that's not true. Maybe I'm birth control. So, yeah. but it's like, if you just ask, are you currently menstruating? If not, when is your next menstrual cycle? It puts it as a required question. I put it even like if I have guys or whatever, it's a required question. Just obviously say dude or whatever. But anyways, um, you can make separate ones if you really want to. But um, I, it, just having that question there, it forces them to ask themselves that question. Because I know even when I was like a child or I guess not a child, a teenager, and I was going to the gynecologist, they would always be like, oh, when was the first day of – when was the last first day of your cycle? I had no idea when it was, first of all. Like 99% of the time, I'd be like, I don't know. And also, I had no idea why they were asking. The first day of your period is the first day of your cycle, like your full menstrual cycle. And mm-hmm. I was like, when I learned that, I was like, oh, that would have been great information when I was like 13 and going through life changes that I had no idea what was happening. Um, so I think that just as like a coach, just the act of even putting it on there just makes them kind of aware of it. I, I think it's important as coaches for us to like stay in our lane, stay where our focus wants to be anyways. Like if you're not really interested in diving deep on the menstrual cycle, I don't think you have to, like, you don't have to ask questions about like, have you experienced any PMS symptoms or anything like that? I don't ask questions like that, but most of them will like share it. Mm -hmm. But the big thing is just giving them the opportunity to be aware of it will make them be more conscious of it. And I think that's just something that's helpful because even if you're, I hate cycle syncing, it's stupid. And so I'm not encouraging that ever. Um, so it's, sorry. I'm like, we, we, I could go on a tangent on that one. There's, it, I don't have to go on a tangent on it because I can just say really quickly for anyone who's like cycle syncing is like the end all be all similar to what we said earlier. Everyone is different. So to assume that you should change your workouts or anything else to your cycle is ignorant to other people's bodies. And that's all I'm going to say on that. But I think that's a great thing a coach could do is just ask a question that makes them be aware of it. Yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> and that actually like that that brings a little more clarity for me. And I'm, I'm not sure about you as well, Chris, probably as well. But like just like I like I said, like I never really know like why, like from like me. But I love how you like you said almost like that turn it around towards the client themselves to create that awareness and just make them think about that. So that's, that's good. Might have to add that to my questionnaire. So clients that are listening, you'll know why that question's on there now. Blame Alex. <laughs> the guys are like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love because um, you talk about growth mindset a lot. Like I've seen a lot of your, um, I was like watching a lot of your clips and you'll talk about like mindset stuff as a whole. Mm-hmm. And I think as coaches in general, that's basically what our job well, because now we're not just like fitness coaches, we end up being like kind of lifestyle-esque coaches as well. Part of our job is allowing opportunities for the client to become more self-aware so they can be empowered to make choices that align with who they ultimately want to be. So it's not our position or our place to really be telling them like, this is what you have to do. This is what you should be doing. Anything like that. Obviously, yes, we write the workouts and stuff and we like provide suggested macros. But then other than that, we want to advocate for them to make choices for themselves. So then they can feel more empowered about their choices. Because if we just tell them what to do, it's like the same thing with giving meal plans. You're not learning anything. You have no idea. You're, you're not being well-educated on actually how to like balance meals, create these things. But if we actually like 
teach you or we give you options to then make a choice, then you're going to feel more empowered by those choices and you're going to be more likely to adhere to them. Mm -hmm. For sure. It, you had mentioned cycle syncing. And oh, the God. one thing I did, I did, I do want to ask actually one question. Actually, mm -hmm. I've written this down. Oh, I, I have heard of people talking about like, like obviously not like going based off like what everyone, like trying to figure out like mm -hmm. what a normal cycle is. But is it true that like certain types, like when you're in different phases of your cycle, it can respond, like your workouts can like feel different. Like you might feel stronger certain weeks or, you know, less strong certain weeks. Like, is that true? Yes. Okay. So that is true. So one of the best ways that um, to like explain the hormonal cycle is basically like a roller coaster. And of course, like we, I feel like that's like almost like a joke in general. It's like, it just feels like we're on a roller coaster. And I'm like, well, we kind of are. <laughs> um, but basically like your hormones are going up during certain phases, down during certain phases, back up and then back down. And so it is kind of like this ride that you're on. And so that's why people may experience like certain times where they feel the strongest but this is like the funny thing is a lot of women will realize that once you start your bleed, which is like the first day of your cycle, usually on day like two or three is actually when a lot of women start to feel like they're strongest because now you're technically in your follicular phase. They like kind of – they cross over technically like your menstrual phase and your follicular phase. Mm -hmm. So this is like where most people like thrive. So that's the, the funny thing about that is so many women are like, oh, I'm on my period and I just hate life and it's the worst. The irony is a lot of times it's actually when people feel their best. It's just usually the first or second day. It's kind of like your workout, you know, like after two days, you feel like the dom set in and everything's like dying. Mm -hmm. It's like the opposite where it's like two days in, you're like, wow, I feel alive again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true where your your weight can fluctuate and your um, like the weights you can lift or your strength. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yes. Any questions, Chris, from, you, from your side? Um. It's not really relating to that. Uh, it, it related, it's hormone related. So oh, I feel gosh. comfortable, you know, chiming in here. But like, <laughs> I'm sure we have a pretty, um, you know, similar background regarding nutrition with the phases that you go through with like finding that balance of like restoring your um, metabolism and things like that. Mm -hmm. How does that whole process work? Like, I obviously understand like the stress that of being in a calorie deficit for a long period of time. Are there other hormonal changes happening as we like build that homeostasis for the body? And what does that look like? So it depends like what was wrong in the first place, because some people can diet down and have nothing happen. And some people can diet down and just completely tank like their thyroid may just like be just super slow now. Um, or it could be that they lose their menstrual cycle. Like one of the best ways to describe it is a lot of people say like, think about when we were like cavemen or whatever. Like I feel like that's such a common thing that we like revert back to. But if your body doesn't feel safe, it's not going to prioritize certain things mm -hmm. because it's going to focus on keeping you alive. And so if you're starving and you're overtraining, you're under recovering, your body's going to be like a period, AKA having a baby is not really necessary right now. This is the worst time to bring a little human into the world. And mm -hmm. so it's going to be like, hey, you don't need your period. Let's prioritize other things that are more important. Similarly, like that's where like people will start to see their thyroid like start to slow down as well. Um, so it kind of just depends what was wrong in the first place. A lot of times, and this is just specific to people who maybe had the kind of yo-yo fluctuation more specifically, if they like super heavily restricted their calories and then found themselves like very under eating, a lot of times if you can get people to eat closer to maintenance, even just that alone, 
this is a whole other like thing that I won't go on, I guess. But if you can just get people closer to their maintenance, the sooner you can do that, typically the quicker we can see a reverse, not always, but a reverse in a lot of the kind of like metabolic adaptations or like things like that that we've seen. Um, it's really just personal dependent though. That's kind of the issue is it's not an issue. It's kind of the beauty of like people is we're all very unique. Um, but again, it just depends what caused the hormonal imbalance in the first place. Um, and then also now what you're doing to kind of like mitigate that. That's the other interesting thing too, is a lot of people, the thing they hate to hear is like the standard. And this isn't like blanket statement by any means, but it's like the standard is pretty much you should be spending about double the amount of time out of a deficit that you were in one. And I bring that up because a lot of those people who tanked their hormones and maybe like lost a lot of their hair, maybe like, again, just lost their menstrual cycles or even guys. It's like a lot of guys can just, you guys experience a lot less, but you guys can still experience like maybe just overall fatigue, your libido's down. Like that's always kind of the funny one. Like I hate, I'll be honest, I hate talking about it on my page because like creepy men just decide to like, be like, hello. <laughs> but it's like, <laughs> libido's a big one. People are really surprised when I'm like, hey, ladies, you're supposed to have a sex drive. And if you don't, you should be worried or question your relationship. And I was like, those are two different conversations. <laughs> um, but a lot of women, like that's also an interesting thing that I guess I didn't really think about. But it's like a lot of women who I've worked with who have had like underlying hormonal stuff we just get them back to like maintenance and suddenly they're like, my boyfriend loves you. And I'm like, well, yes, because now you actually like want to have sex regularly because you actually have energy. So I say that as like a not weird way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, that makes Does complete that sense. That? And we actually had a client um, that was in a deficit. She was like keto, extremely low in calories, and we reversed her. And she ended up getting pregnant. She, her and her husband were trying hey. for years. So, like, I want to take all the credit that we like helped conceive a baby through Conquer <laughs> Fitness. Like, you know, um, but I didn't know like that. The way you explain that makes complete sense. That we actually probably contributed by balancing out those hormones and giving her body the opportunity to do that. Yeah, it's true, and it's like I try to be really thoughtful based on like the podcast that I'm on and stuff like that. Like how I explain things because I want it to be easily digestible for people. And especially because mm -hmm. I'm assuming that like clients are listening or like just people who are on their fitness and health journey. I'm not talking to coaches. We can always have like a higher level conversation, but people don't realize how big of a role just being at like a, see, this is where it's hard to say like healthy, but like being at like a healthy weight can be. And I say that in the sense of, being underweight or being very overweight. Because I think it's really important to remember that like you can go to extremes. I've been at the extremes of both. Um, and so just you probably did play a role. And I think it's really great that you're recognizing that. And hopefully this is also helping other clients that you guys may have who maybe are starting to realize similar things. Because odds are, because I'm assuming your bigger demographic is women clients. I feel like that's just how it is. Yeah. 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 So the, the thing is, a lot of women are probably realizing like, oh, wow, I don't hate my periods as much anymore, or I'm not like dreading it coming. And so like, those are another reason to even just lightly educate yourself as a coach is that's really great biofeedback that you can be looking at that's a win that's not scale related. 
Because again, a lot of people like focus on the scale always, but I'm like, hey, if my periods suck less, I'm going to be really fucking happy as a client. It's like, that's just how I view it. I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. And I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up. And I'm glad you brought up that as well, Chris, because I think that's always really awesome. I had, an, I had another client, you know, a couple of years ago that also had the same thing, you know, worked with her for a long time, got her metabolism back up, eating enough food rather than restricting all the time and then got pregnant. And um, it's always super exciting when that happens. Um, you know, I, I kind of want to, you know, kind of like pivot just a little bit here um, as well into something else that's kind of like, kind of come into my mind that I see a lot on like your Instagram and stuff and I love it is the um, like unposed and unbothered thing you ah. post a lot about. And like, I'm assuming like, is that like kind of like, kind of like, just like kind of like a body positivity and like loving your body and like what, what it is, I'm assuming. Yes, it is kind of like a body positivity-esque thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to be conscious of that because I, I know that the body positivity movement has gone like many different ways. Yes. I, in the time that I've been posting on social media, which has been since like roughly like 2020, I went through, I, I gained weight during COVID, which I feel like was very common for so many people because now we're all like suddenly not moving anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I also at the same time went through a breakup. And so now my body looks different and I didn't get like the post breakup, like glow up. I instead got like, I got a little bit heavier and I just like didn't feel good about myself. And then I realized that I had a lot of like mindset work to do because my relationship with my body wasn't where I think it should have been to be able to be happy in or out of a relationship anyways. So it kind of came because I dance a lot. Like that sounds, I'm not a dancer. I will never (laughs) pretend to be one, but I dance like in the mirror a lot. And I do like this little foot shuffle. I dance in the gym. Mm -hmm. I just have fun. And when I started to learn that like, you don't have to hate your body to like feel good. Like I was like, oh, no matter what I go through, I'm going to remain like unposed and unbothered about literally what anyone says ever. Because it's like, you don't know. I loved the, there was like that whole Tom Holland quote that's going around right now. He was quoting, he thought it was Christian Bale. I don't know if it is or not, but it's like the whole, um, if you have a problem with me, text me. If you don't have my number, you don't know me well enough to have a problem with me. And Mm, posting on social media. Yeah. Posting on social media and getting a lot of eyes on you. I was fortunate where I've still continue to mostly have women followers, but there's the handful of like men or like random hate comments that come in. And like, I, especially, um, I also have lupus, which I, I don't talk about a lot and I don't want to talk about a lot just cause I also respectfully, I love people, everyone. I don't want to help a lot of lupus clients. And I feel like that's what happens if you talk about it a lot. Um, mm-hmm. but I go through phases where like my face will get very like round and like almost like pizza shape. And I say that because I posted once where this guy was like, your face looks like a round pizza. And I was like, oh my gosh, Mm. y'all are ruthless. And that's technically like what started it. So I was like, well, thank you for being a dick because now I've like started to say that. Um, (laughs) I saw that. Yeah. Oh, my whole like don't be a dick thing. (laughs) (laughs) I also say that regularly (laughs) because people are assholes to themselves too. And so that's why Unposed and Unbothered started because I think people need to First of all, stop taking themselves so seriously, um, but also feel more okay with like who, how their body looks, not compared to all the social media and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
yeah, no, I that was something we talked a little bit about last night during the um, masterclass that we had on like mindset. We talked a little bit about comparison, and I feel like that's mm-hmm. something that a lot of people struggle with. Is and I told people like, don't compare yourself to the Photoshop diet, <laughs> like mm-hmm. because there is so much that you see out on social media nowadays. That, like everyone's posting so much like edited photos and things like that, and so. I love that, you know, when I I see you do that all the time in your stories, I think it's just so cool because it's like more people need to do things like that. Like more people need to realize like that's the way it should be. We should love ourselves like like there's nothing wrong with wanting to change, but it's also okay to love yourself as who you are. Um, And so I love it. You should. Yes. That's the kicker. It is okay. And like you should. Yes. Because a lot of people think that it's wrong to do that. Um, And that's another thing that I like to say is like you're just you can't hate yourself into a body that you love. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Chris, anything to add to there? Um, no, I loved it. I, I was just, you know, anytime I see her dance moves, I'm like, where did she learn these? You know, like <laughs> I learned it during COVID when I was like sitting in my I was living in LA when COVID technically started. And I was living in a studio apartment in LA and I had nothing to do because the reason I was in a studio is I was acting and modeling and doing stunts there. And so I was like, I'm never home. I don't, I don't need a big place. It doesn't matter. Suddenly I can't leave. And so I got really bored and I just taught myself how to do the, the shuffle really isn't as hard as people think either. It's literally just like, it's not that hard. (laughs) I can see the wheel spinning, trying to describe like what you're actually doing. Yeah. I I know. I was like, one foot goes up heel. I've, I've actually sent a lot of people ask me for like tutorials all the time. Actually, And so I literally send them like I have a video that I like send now. Um, but I would usually send everyone like a completely custom like, hey, this is how you do it. I'll like explain it. Um, but everyone I've sent it to has shown me that they can do it after seeing it. It's not that complicated. We'll I put just... that in the title of the show as well. <laughs> Message her for the hormone for the specialist and <laughs> professional shuffler. Yeah. Oh God, no. I'm not a. I, I don't like listen to EDM music. I don't shuffle. I just. Oh, oh I man, I'm, I'm gonna just, just lost Chase. Now. You just yeah. lost Chase. Do you listen episode. to EDM music? I love EDM music. Um, I don't have problems with it. I just don't listen to it. <laughs> Raves scare me. To be completely honest, I'm afraid of like really big social settings. Yes. Ah, uh, no. I'm actually. I'm. You live down towards like the Austin area, right? I'm in Houston. Houston. Okay. I'm going to be down in Dallas in a couple of weeks for Shaq's festival. So, yes. Like Shaquille O'Neal? Yeah. He has a he festival? Has... Of course he has a festival. Yeah. He, he's, he's been an EDM artist since he's like been a teenager. Oh, okay. I actually didn't know that. I just assumed that he has his hand in everything. No, no. Like he, <laughs> He's DJ Diesel. You have to, like, when you get done with like, oh, I'll send no. you a clip. It, it's hilarious because, like, he'll be up on stage and it is, it's Shaq, you know, like, you know, what, like seven foot, seven foot Shaq, you know, just up on stage, like. You know, headbanging and everything else. Starting yeah. mosh pits. It's great. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, I hope you have fun. I'm excited to see videos. I'll be at home. Stay asleep. <laughs> I'll be at home shuffling. Yeah. <laughs> I have a strict, like, 8 p.m. no shuffle time. Oh, it's in the lease of the apartment. You can't shuffle after <laughs> a certain time. No, it's my own rules. <laughs> nice. Well, Alex, this has been really informative and thank you so much for coming on the show today to share all this knowledge because I definitely, I know I've learned a lot. I'm sure Chris has learned a lot as well and yeah. like it's going to help a lot of our clients too. So thank you so much for coming on today. 
Yeah, of course. That's where we're ending it. I talk so much about hormones and stuff. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, this is, you're the hormone expert. I'm, just I'm not. We're going to cut that clip out of here. <laughs> I just talk about periods a lot. That's it. No. It, but speaking of that, though, you know, obviously, like I mentioned before, we hit record here and why we kind of took this direction is I see you share a lot of that stuff on your social media and that's very informative. And um, I'm sure a lot of people look up to you and you really learn a lot from you. So where can they go follow you on Instagram and any other social media? What, you, what else you have going on? Share all that stuff. You can find me on Instagram and you can find me on TikTok. It's the Alex Allen on both of them. I'm on threads now. Um, which I know is connected. It's Instagram. And then I'm also on Twitter as well. Cool. All right. I'll Same link thing. all that down in the show notes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, I've created a threads and I like, like posted like for three days in a row and I haven't posted since. That was me. I was, <laughs> I was like, this looks really cool. And then I started doing it and I was like, this is so many apps. I'm like, yeah, exactly. I was like, I'm not going to try to <laughs> keep up with this one. So I'm just going to yeah. keep on going along. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're already doing enough. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. Again, Alec, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Alex. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.